Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome guys back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now this is episode 26 and I interview a very special guest, Darren Weeder, who is one of the guys behind the brand and the blog In-Depth Angler. Now Darren loves his fishing. Now he lives in Melbourne in Victoria and loves chasing both fresh and saltwater species and I was lucky enough to get Darren on for an interview and talk to him about a whole host of different things and this is a really good episode and you're really going to enjoy it and you're going to learn a lot from what Darren has to say. Now, cod are one of Darren's favorite fish to catch and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Now, he has a passion and a love for photography and videography and his passion crosses over with his great passion for fishing. Darren takes an amazing photo, creates some incredible videos. If you haven't seen him already, by the end of this episode, um, you'll know where to check out Darren with at in-depth angler go have a look at some of his content his photography is phenomenal and also his videos they're incredible so you want to make sure you go have a look at them now i was lucky enough as i said to sit down and have a chat and we talked about his background where where fishing started for him how it all started um, in a little creek chasing trout and then we get on to his passion for photography and tips on how Darren lands a monster cod in Lake Eildon and I know that's the bit you're super keen for. We talk about winter Murray cod in Eildon, tips for fishing during the day, the best lures to use and also the best banks and type of structure to fish in Eildon and where Darren gets his success. He shares his experience including his most memorable catch which is absolutely incredible. Now I ask everyone I interview about their most memorable catch. This one has got to be up there as one of the best. It was incredible. I just couldn't believe it as Darren was telling me this story. And you just you're gonna want to hear this. Like fishing stories are the best things. I love we love the tips and and, and learning lots, but there's it's something about a story that you just can't beat. And this story is one of the best I've heard. It is so cool. So that story with Darren is incredible and in crazy a crazy, crazy catch. Now, this is a great episode as he shares so much of his experience on fishing Lake Eildon. And if you're keen on tips for fishing the lake, this is the episode for you. Now, before we jump into this episode, I just want to let you guys all know, make sure you send through listener questions uh, that you want us to answer. Now, we have a few that have come through lately. So, thank you for those submissions. Uh, We will answer them in a future episode, but keep sending them through because we love answering your questions and helping you guys out. Also, just to let you know, um, send through people who you would like us to interview. Now, I want you guys to send through people who you admire or you follow and you want to hear what they do and how they get success. Send through names and we'll try and get in contact with them and interview them. Is there anyone you would like me to talk to and get them to share their experiences? Let me know. As always, guys, I really appreciate you tuning into these episodes and I hope you're loving them just as much as I love recording them. Fishing is our passion and this podcast is all about sharing this passion that we love so so much righto guys that's enough from me now without further ado let's jump into this episode and talk with the one the only darren weeder 
G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now, today I am sitting down with Darren Weeder. He loves his fishing. He's based in Victoria and I feel like cod are one of his favorite fish target. Are cod one of your favorite fish, mate? Uh, yeah, mate, definitely. I do target a lot of species and that, um, that can make planning trips a little bit challenging. You uh, can, eh? <laughs> <laughs> too many uh, fish to chase and not enough time, especially... Uh, certain times of the year but uh, no definitely Murray Cod are, um, are up there and one of my favourite species to chase yeah nice nice now thanks thanks again for sitting down and talking to me mate um, hopefully we can share or you can share a bit of info on just the, the perceptions and things you do out in the water give people a bit of an idea because you do like you are busy like all of us but you do spend a bit of time on the water eh? you get out there and you do quite a bit of fishing because yeah. it's, it's your passion yeah absolutely yeah definitely that fishing is my absolute passion so um when i was younger i had a lot of other hobbies and i'd sort of split my time between all them but um but but now fishing's the thing and having a young family i still have to sort of um make sure i use my time wisely as well yeah. um but yeah, no, nah, fishing, mate. I'm out whenever, whenever I can, really. Yeah, it's it's a good passion, eh? There's there's something. Well, that's what I ask you. There's something about fishing, and for everyone, it's different. What is it about fishing for you? Like, why? What gives you that addiction? What part of fishing is it for you? Great, yeah, great question. Um, I think that there's a lot to it. Well, sorry, there's a fair bit to it in regard for me, anyway. Like there's there's so many aspects like the fit the fishing side of it's just a mm. just a small part and i know you guys have mentioned this before it's literally all the other things that i think make it worthwhile like you know the, the place that takes you that's that's one of the main things the the people you meet yeah just the experiences and just that whole it's the whole getting out there and exploring and and um and I, I think that makes makes it all worthwhile yeah the other thing just- Sorry, mate. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, another thing for me is um, it's just a way I can sort of recharge my batteries. Yeah. Like it, it really is. Like, oh, it's amazing. It, I, I can I sort of um, notice how sort of pent up and anxious I can get sometimes if I haven't been fishing for a few weeks. And it's just yep. it's just such a good way to recharge the batteries and, and, and sort of connect back with yourself and, and, every, and, and life. So, um yeah, super important. Yeah, so there's a multitude of things, obviously, and I get that a lot. Like, I did an interview with Rory, and he said it was just his, like, time to get out and think, and not even think, but just forget about the issue. Like, because everyone goes through tough periods in life, obviously, and it's just that thing that can really ease and clear your mind, and I feel like that's a big part of fishing for a lot of people. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, when I, when I listened to that episode with Rory... That was just spot on. I, I just heard that and went, mate, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and I, I totally, totally felt where he was coming from. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a special thing. It's amazing what it can do for the mind and the soul, getting out and having a bit of a fish. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And, that, and, and that's what it's all about. And then the other thing you mentioned was meeting people. That's one thing I've learned a lot about just even doing this podcast. I've had so much fun 
if like it's almost more fun than catching fish actually talking to like-minded anglers about fishing that's why i get excited every time (laughs) to sit down and do an interview like this and like i'm pumped for the next you know 45 minutes to to have a chat with you and just talk fishing it's great isn't it yeah it is good i think we definitely are a different breed that's the um the hardcore fishermen that's that's for sure (laughs) yeah yeah so mate uh, question is how did fishing start for you tell me like did as you said you split your time up as a kid with it so go right back what's your earliest memory of fishing and Um, how did it all start yeah for sure so i was lucky enough where i grew up um up in outer east on a farm like out east vic or out east melbourne on a farm we had a river running up like in the back of the farm there a little a little little stream and um and we were lucky that it had trout in it so from a young age we would always go down there with dad and he'd take us down and we'd kind of just have a bit of a bait fishing and muck around and um so that that just the accessibility was really good, and we had a couple of dams on the property that had some redfin. So we'd we'd sort of dabble at that, and then my um my grandpa was a, a really keen fisherman, and he and he used to always uh, take us out um, fishing as well. Like some of our yep. family holidays, we'd revolve around visiting those guys, like down at Meetung, and we'd you know fish off the jetty for brim, or up up near Conton, and we'd fish the lakes up there for redfin, and like it was. Yeah, it was so. It was pretty much Grandpa who really sort of yeah, got us right. into it, and then come my teens, I sort of embraced the creek down the back a lot more. Me and my brother would just ride our bikes down there and and um, and sort of start to learn to, to to cast lures for trout and stuff like that. So right, so then it evolved. So it started with being like so. You're talking young, so you're talking like six, seven, eight, nine, and then once you hit your teens, like. Once you got a bit older, you, you could go off on your on your own. That's when you started to, you know, use lures and things like that. Yeah, yeah, just that natural progression of trying Fishing. something a bit different and and yeah, trying to learn and trying to hone your skills and yeah, um, that was always good and I always enjoyed that. And then, sort of when I was about sixteen, I think I went to one of the boat shows or the fishing shows in the city. Yeah, they were doing like fly fish, fly fishing lessons, and I was mm. like, that's kind of cool, and I, and. I thought, oh, gee, that'd be a good challenge, and and, and again, this is a kind of a a, um, a common thing which I, I sort of see with a lot of um, real dedicated fishermen is this is this willingness willingness to to sort of push yourself to kind of learn yep. to kind of yep. <laughs> progress. So for me, it was kind of I was like, yeah, that looks really cool. You know, that looks hard, a little challenging. So I'm going to try that, and I sort of jumped into fly fishing sort of head first for. Like, like really hard like I sort of mm. just purely fly fished for the next maybe three or four years flat out wow yeah right yeah. I would nev- never knew that yeah yeah so I sort of got got my license and then from there we were up sort of in the northeast nearly every weekend you know like around here and fishing like the ruby and the stevenson and all that just just doing that every weekend um on fly yep yeah um, nice and then from there, how come you did you do do you do a bit of fly fishing now still or yeah, not? Is that a, a take a back bit. seat? Yeah, nah, it's mainly taking a back seat. I still do the odd bit of salt water stuff just as a, just for a bit of fun, you know. Like again, there's so many challenges out there that I want to um, still tick off. Whether it comes to salt water fly fishing or even a lot of native fly fishing, um, yep. But it's just finding the time to try and to try <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny because then some people go the other way hey they start with spin and then they find this love for fly fishing and then it just goes in that direction so it's yeah. crazy how every individual is different in terms of what style of fishing they pick up and that's one thing that sort of 
key to understand is fishing isn't just about using the technique that catches the fish. It's about the adventure, trying something new and testing yourself, eh, to get the result. Yeah, yeah, it's just mastering that challenge. I mean, that's what you're... That's what we're all trying to do, isn't it? You know, mastering that technique or that challenge and that's why we all do it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you do a bit of salt, you do a bit of fresh. You said you're based you're based in Melbourne, like you're, you're what, a little bit from the coast or not that far? Yeah, so I'm about like an hour and a bit from the actual city. Yep. And then I'm sort of an hour and a bit from Eildon, so I'm sort of bang on in the middle. If I, I can go east to Eildon or I can go west into the city where we do a bit of fishing in there for broom and stuff, you know? Yeah, okay. So what is your, what? and I'll see if you can pick like pick one, what is your favourite style of fishing? Do you have a favourite? And I know it's going to be hard <laughs> because at one stage of the year you do this and another stage you do this, but is there one that if they were both firing at the same time, you know, you got a clean slate, you'd pick one over the other? Oh, God, that's tough. That's real, <laughs> that, that's real tough. Okay, so is there two maybe? Is there two or three different styles and explain why you like those different ones? All right, so definitely, I've definitely got a love a love relationship, a love-hate relationship with Eildon, but it's definitely one of my passions to fish up there. So definitely yep. fishing for cod up there is, is high, is one of my favourite pastimes. Probably fishing for them on the surface as well. That's probably mm-hmm. my favourite sort of technique. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I do love chasing brim. I've done that for a long time. They are very a very good species to chase and um, test your... Test, um, Test your limits as well, I reckon, trying to get those guys to bite sometimes. Um, yeah, right. So they're pretty switched on. Yeah, totally. But they just change day to day and just, yeah, yeah. And you can catch them numerous ways as well, you know, depending on the time of year. And yeah, I think I think they're a good species that you learn a lot chasing brim. Yeah, nice. Mm. So they'd be your two, your, your top two styles, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon so. Nice. But I mean, I chase it. I chase everything. That's the thing. Like I said, it was such a hard <laughs> question. Like, I love chasing bass, and, like, I love escrow perch. Get out yep. and snapper every now and then. Um, trout, like I said, have probably taken a bit of a backseat because I did so much of it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I've sort of conquered a lot of the trout stuff I ever wanted to, so um, all the other species are still, still yeah. plenty to do. <laughs> Sounds, I reckon cod will never... Uh, like it's, it's, some people might get sick of them, but they're a fish that are just, like... I don't know how you could ever conquer the cod. Oh, like you, yeah, you can't. No. Nah. <laughs> no, no. You can't. There's so many yeah. different ways you can try and catch, you know, a big fish yeah. and it's just, it'll be, yeah, <laughs> you'll be forever trying to tick off every single list, you know, everything off the list. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, mate, let's jump in. I just want to talk a little bit about um, what you do with In-Depth Angler. Can you tell me what In-Depth Angler is? Yeah, so... Um, Cool. So essentially, it's just a blog that um a blog that like a website that we yep that we started a, a while ago now. I think it was like six years ago now. So um and it kind of it was kind of somewhere just to I guess share our um, share a bit of our knowledge and our um our adventures and a bit of DIY stuff and I don't know just a bit of a creative outlet. Um, yep. And That's where they all sort of start, eh? Oh, totally. Yeah, no, nah, nah, exactly right. Because I, um, I was lucky enough to hook up with Josh, Josh Chong, I don't know, yeah, about six or seven years ago. And um, we sort of decided to do this project together and we were both really into our photography. And we're like, oh, how are we going to meld 
Mad Efficient and Photography together and and um yeah, so that's that's how we depth angler the website and I guess the Facebook page and all that sort of stuff was Yeah. Was kind of born and um it's just progressed from there. Essentially most of it was photography sort of stuff, but it's sort of now melded more into videography um that we really enjoy doing and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so what is it about photography and the videography that you enjoy? Like, because that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about because you do take an absolute cracking photo. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to, I just wanted to, like, what what is it? First of all, what is it? What part of the photography and the videography do you enjoy? Um, I don't know. Oh, I've always done just like a bit of landscape photography and that, I guess. I was I was really bad at anything else creative, like all through school and that. Like I, I couldn't, I can't draw to save my life. I can't, you know, I couldn't write any good stories, or I couldn't. Like I was just really bad at all that stuff. Yeah. And then when I sort of, um, I think it might have been one of the, one, uh, when I, I, me and my partner, we travelled around Australia, you know, ages ago, just out of uni, and I sort of took up photography then, and sort of jumped in pretty, pretty hard, and I think. I sort of found my—I don't know—I just found something I was sort of half decent at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still have to work really hard. I'd say it's more than half decent, mate. Well, you, it does a, take just time and it's practice, yeah. you know, like anything, you know. So I think it was that that I was half decent at it, and again, it just it just presents its own challenges that you want to try and conquer, I guess, you know. Yeah. Just how to how to make yeah, something for look sure. good, and yeah, and then and I think that's why me and Josh sort of um, melded so well because you know. He's he's such a good photographer. He's got so much talent in that whole graphic design and photography, and mm-hmm. and we sort of just yeah hit it off um, on the nice. photography side of things. So yeah, and I'm and I'm glad you started it too, because then you've got this platform to share all this stuff. So then, like I've been following you, I reckon since you started it, and the the photos are just unreal. And then everyone else gets to you know gets to see them and enjoy them and your tips and stuff that you share. Um, yeah, if tough. for someone who's new to photography and fishing, mm-hmm. right? They've just started fishing. They they might want to be a writer or something like that. Yep. They've they've got the, What's your tip? Maybe they haven't bought a camera at all yet. What's a couple of tips you can give someone in terms of maybe what kind of gear to get and then also how to take a good photo? Like what is one of your number one rules to taking a good photo? Yeah, cool. Um, at least nowadays, like nowadays there's heaps of info online obviously um, and there's some really like there's heaps of just good tutorials like YouTube's your friend, you know, on um, anything from like camera reviews or mm-hmm. um, even like a lot of post um post-production like post-editing sort of um, skills as well so i'd endeavor people to just do a bit of research um obviously camera choice is going to be based on your uh, budget obviously which makes a big difference yeah um, but i think a good photographer will still take a good photo with, with, a, with a bad camera essentially like it's not all about the gear so don't stress like yep um and you can always up, upgrade your gear as you go um so don't stress about gear too much. Just get yourself into it and just go out and and practice. But I mean, I did most of the time a good photo. You know, the lighting, getting the exposure right, and then probably your composition. You know, um, yeah, those sorts of things are what you got to kind of think about. And I mean, really, I don't think I'm telling any secrets here, but most of the time, well, ninety nine percent of the time, all the, the photos are edited you know, before they 
go out for everyone to see. Yeah, yeah, Ed- yeah. Edited to a degree, whether it's just lighting, light, lighting up some shadows or the crop or shadows, add a bit, eh? Add a bit of color here or there, you know, like yeah. So shadows um, are a killer. Shadows are a like, killer. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're not a killer, but they're there, and and it makes a massive difference between uh, you know what the photo could be and what it is when you're looking at the fish, and then you got this like bad shadow but we've got you can have the ability to pull the shadows out so then that's you it. have this really nice photo yeah exactly and that's where it comes down to just a bit more experience and like this is why people shoot with raw files instead of jpegs because you're not losing a lot of that um that data in the photo that you can sort of recover all your highlights and stuff so exactly. there's a bit there's a bit to but like there's so much info out there i think just get into it have a crack um and just learn some basic post-processing techniques yep. in regards to shadows and colors and stuff and, and just play around you know it's digital at least it's digital like you can man imagine trying to learn this kind of like 20 years ago when it was all, exactly. all film and yeah. it's just just uh yeah, you wouldn't know what expe- you were doing expensive hobby back then <laughs> yeah exactly so with the if for just one thing um i just want to go back to if, if someone's out there fishing What's more important is it is the camera angle of the person holding the camera taking the photo more important, or is it how the the angler holds the fish? Like when you guys are out there and someone catches a fish, does do you basically does the photographer basically see the rules? Like not what I'm trying to say is do they shout out you know what the person holding the fish needs to do? How do yeah. you guys do it? Yeah, we do we do it normally that way. So if, if someone's holding a fish, I would just be like, all right, cool, just spin it this way a bit, you know, the light's a bit better, or hold the tail up, or um, hang on, I'll, like, I'll just move this side, move the fish that way. Like, you definitely does come down to the photographer directing the people holding it, but yep. you'll, you'll find that certain people who are good at photography sort of pretty much will hold a fish in the right spot anyway. They just kind of, and that's, it just comes with time spent like anything, you know? Um, yep. But definitely, no, try and direct them in the right spot and try and minimise shadows, you know, get the sun behind the camera. Um, good cameras you can shoot into the sun, obviously, but um, ideally um, have, have the sun behind the photographer itself and, yep. yeah, and just take a few cool. different angles, yeah. Nice. So, so if you guys are in there, if you guys are out there just getting into, like, taking good photos of fish and you're not quite sure how to do it yet just it's all about the angle so just in and if you're the one holding the fish just make sure the person taking the photo is actually looking at how you're holding it and get them you know to make sure it looks good yeah much. Yep. No, good advice, cool. yep. with um with also with in-depth angler can you tell me a little bit about the little project that runs within it which is en route to adventure <laughs> that was um yeah, that was. I, just... I wanted to ask because I've seen it lots, and I've always kind of been, oh, I'm interested. Like, what? Where did that spark from, and and what is it? Uh, I'll ask Josh that one. That was a Josh idea. So originally, we did some um, when we first started doing our sort of cinematic videos. Yeah. Um, we kind of had to give it. Um, or Josh wanted to give it a bit of a, you know, a cool name. And like I said, he's got the flair for all the design stuff and and the names and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, he came up with En Route to Adventure, and we sort of did it as a three-part series. With I think the first one, I can't remember now. The paint that was quite a while ago. Yeah, um, yeah, I watched them when they first come out. Yeah, yeah, it was just a bit of I don't know. It was yeah, it was just like a cinematic thing. That was God. It's, I'd sort of forgotten about it because we, <laughs> we we still like we still use the hashtag because that's I know. our hashtag. Yeah. Um, but that's about 
all there is to it, really. It yeah, was just kind right. of, I guess it kind of summed up our whole outlook on life and fishing, you know. It's like we're always up yeah. for an adventure or always on an adventure or always out to go for, on an adventure, you know. That's just kind of... yeah. That's cool. Just, that's just what it is for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. So, if anyone hasn't seen it, it was a long time ago, yeah. as Darren said. But just go have a look because they're really well produced clips, <laughs> videos. So yeah. go check them out. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to ask you the question because I thought you know just to see if there was anything else behind, <laughs> or if there was more coming out, or what <laughs> was going on. But that's cool. Yeah, that's no, cool. nothing at this stage. We probably should though. Maybe I should. Josh is just about to travel around Australia, so maybe I should be trying to like catch up with him in like every state or something and we should do like a different a new one or something yeah anyway stay Idea, tuned ideas man <laughs> yeah nice alrighty so mate I want to get on to probably what everyone's really keen to hear about in this episode which is one of the best lakes that our country has mm. on offer for targeting cod we want to talk about Eildon Eildon Cod mate tell me a little <laughs> bit about Eildon Cod because th- there's a lot in there oh but mate where to yeah. start? Where to start? Yeah. Just, yeah, hey, like, go for it. So, Eildon's a funny sort of a place, like, it's really evolved, like, it's evolved very quickly, or it's sort of come of age very, very quickly, I reckon, in the last couple of years. And um, I think it's a bit because of, one, there's more people fishing it, two, the whole winter cod fishing phenomenon from, yep. like, that's kind of coped and's kind of brought about. Um, and obviously you've got fisheries pushing Eildon and the ridiculous amount of stocking that they've done up there. So I think all these things combined and Eildon's just really, really come of age. And um, I'm just super excited with with where it's going and what it's going to turn into in the next, especially like the next 10 years, if not, yep. you know, like not, if not further. Mm-hmm. Um uh, personally, I've probably only been fishing Eildon maybe for probably five years for natives, and yeah, and, and like sort of all cod fishing, it for me it was it started off as just as, as a bit of a summer, summer sport, you know, like a, a warm water. Um. <laughs> it did for everyone, I reckon, back oh. before four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, it just it's just the the, the learning curve's been like so fast and steep for this for the winter side of things. Um, so it's definitely a winter fishery. Definitely, yep. Yeah, right. I um, personally, I don't fish a lot up, or I haven't fished up there a lot over summer the last few years because I find that it does tend to get, especially over the like the holiday period, it, it does get busy, you know, with the recreational, um, yeah, boats activities, and, and yeah, everything going yep, yep, on. Yep, and I think that does make a difference to the fishing, but I think. After I guess doing a lot more thinking and a bit more, especially like listening to to what some of you guys do up north is, um, I think you just need to target them a little bit differently and just, yeah, there's definitely some options there. Um, yeah, I love how you call it north because I'm like, hang on, north to me is like Darwin, <laughs> but yeah, we are north. Everything's north of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I know what you um, I know what you mean. So you you talk, you're thinking more like adapting the techniques we've all heard about what's yeah. happened at Copeton, yeah. Copeton and then like blaring and then obviously the, they're cod. So they do similar things in winter, obviously. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so winter, so these are my observations. Yep. Again, there's a lot of people. But the good thing with the audience is it's so big 
you can fish it so many different ways. And I know so many different people that do fish it so many different ways and are still successful, which I think is yeah. amazing, you know, and it, it just leaves so much room for, for learning and for um, challenging yourself down, down the future, you know, in the future. So that for me, I've sort of found that winter is, this isn't going to be news to you at all. It's winter, you know, you'll get your bigger fish. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the small fish just, they just vanish. It's, it's, so, it's so odd. They, um, yeah, obviously going to some sort of hibernation, hibernation or something. Yeah. Um, and then, yep, yeah, big fish. And then sort of come around to sort of October, November, you'll start to see, yeah, more smaller fish and less bigger fish. And and, and, and now we're getting a lot more smaller fish yeah. in general. Like There's still some big ones getting caught, but not sort of yeah. the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, so while we're doing this, just run through a whole like kind of year sort of roughly. So you've talked about winter, you run into summer, the fish, you know, the water gets warmer. And if you fish in the summertime, like if someone was to go there and fish now, your chances of catching a a cod are quite likely, yes? Like because there's, are there quite a lot of small fish in there? So if you were to go out and cast, you know, small spinnerbaits, small hard bodies at, at sticks or rocky points or troll around you've got a good chance of catching a fish for a full day's efforts yeah yeah definitely yep yeah, you've got yep. the most chance probably this time of year um uh, and the average size this time of year is anything from probably like 55 55 yep. 60 i reckon is probably a yep is probably your average sort of um size um, and there's heaps in there eh there's heaps in there yeah like i said that's the the growth rates on these guys is really good and the amount of stocking that fisheries has done. I yeah. think I was up there with one of the fishery guys a couple of months ago and we were sort of roughly working it out if we had, it was to do with how much they'd stocked and it was to do with how much shoreline there was and it was to do, I can't remember after, we sort of added in a mortality rate. I think we were saying there should be a fish every, you know, this is you know pretty rough. Theoretical. There should, be, should be a fish every like, I think it was like, was it 20 metres or was it every 100 metres? It was something like that. So it was pretty good. Yeah. And and on that basis, I'll, you know, I'd just be telling people to cover ground up there. That's, that's I reckon that's one of the big keys of building. It's right. Just, so go uh, into more detail about that. Cover ground. Yeah. So we all know cod are a bit temperamental at times. Yeah. Whether it's, all the time. All the time, yeah. And, and there's so many factors at play, whether it's, you know, Barometer, moon, uh, rising or falling water levels, falling yep. or rising water temperatures. Like there's just so much that can affect them that I have no doubt when I'm fishing that I'm crossing paths with cod. Like no doubt in my mind, if I'll fish, you know, 500 meter stretch of bank, I've, I've definitely passed some fish. I've yep. just got to, I've just got to pass the fish that's hungry, and I've got to give him a half decent presentation, and I think. And that's it. That's you'll 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 catch a fish. Right. So you're not you're not looking to annoy a fish sitting on one log. You're looking to cover ground and just go past all the ones that don't want anything and cover ground till you find one that's switched on and hungry. Yep. I reckon that's more of a key deal. And I, right. I say that I say that because it's a little bit different to rivers where, well, you know what Eildon's like, mate. There's, there is timber galore. Yep. There is like yep. if you stop then cast. You know, ten or twenty times at each bit of structure that you could see, like you'd get nowhere. You're not going to get anywhere in a hurry. So, and then there's nothing to say that that fish will eventually eat, or there's, you know. So, I think with a place that Eildon with so much timber, so much size to it, 
it's more yep. it's more about covering ground, but you know, still being effective in in how you cover it. So if you were to fish in summer, if someone was to go like now, what what's a good what's that good summer period from obviously cod like December, like they probably even later. Like I was there in November, mid November, and they were still a bit quiet because the water just doesn't warm up there like it does up where we are, so more to, more New South Wales way. So it's obviously the the water gets like they start chewing kind of around that Christmas time right through till March. Yeah, like yeah. these are the summer fish. Yeah, yep, yep, I'd say that, probably through to March, even April. And what would be the best technique? Someone who's going out there lure fishing, what would you recommend in that summertime just to catch a cod? Uh, I'd probably recommend, I can spinner baits. I think they're just so versatile. Um, I'd just be going, I'm actually going to go up on the weekend. Um, I haven't been up for a bit, so I'll be doing this when I go up there. I'll just be probably mainly throwing spinner baits just because I can sort of prospect a heap of different water depths. Yep. To try and work out um, where they might be sitting. Yep. Um, they mightn't be very shallow at the moment because the water's probably pretty warm. So you're expecting them to be at what kind of depth? Probably three metres plus. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'll go up and my first port of call will be just to find some good-looking banks with some, you know, half-decent structure out from the bank, you know, whether it's some standing timber or lay downs and stuff and obviously you, yep. can, you can look at the bank above the water to try and roughly get an idea of what it is below the water yeah um and yeah i'll be fishing three to seven meters in depth yeah okay um, cool and when you work do you sit it depends on the bank obviously in the structure but do you prefer to sort of sit in that depth you want to fish and cast parallel or do you sit like out deep and like cut through the trees and cast in shallow it depends a little bit on the bank, but generally, if I can sit my boat in the depth that I want to fish, I will. Yep. I will parallel the bank. That's just the way I prefer to do it. If I, if there's too much timber around, and I'll, I'll sit the. If I'm sitting the boat out a bit deeper, like in sort of eight nine meters, that I'm, I'll, I'll cast closer in to that sort yep. of three meters, and then sort of work it back out. But generally, if I can, I'll contour. Um, I'll parallel a bank. I just think it gives you a bit more time in the strike zone, in, essentially, yeah. or in the in the good zone. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And then with your spinner baits, uh, yep. specific sizes or weights at this time of year. Um, I'll still throw big ones this time of year. Even exactly the same as what I throw over winter, which is just a big like one ounce twin spins. Yeah, like I'm I'm not sort of going up. If I go up to Eildon, I'm still fishing for big fish. I'm not going up there. To, yeah, to just you know rack up numbers or anything. So. Um, and trust me, the little fish still hit the big, <laughs> the, big yeah. the big stuff anyway most of the time. So, yeah, so my, my favourite's just a, um, a one-ounce twin spin with a with a sort of big trailer, plastic trailer, and, yeah, yep. just nothing fancy about it really. Yeah, um, and that's summer. So l- tell me a little bit about, go back to this big winter winter cod stuff. Um, how do you approach a session, a winter session? Like <laughs> do... do what are we, what are you, what are you looking for? Because I know there's a lot that goes into like for, even for us chasing big cod in blaring, there's some really particular things that, that we do depending. Like it's all different, but is there key banks you look for? Are you looking for structure? Are you fishing on the bottom? You, like I know you, like a lot of people fish sort of mid water with different swim baits, things like that. And then you talk about surface fishing. Like yeah, what's a winter plan? I've caught them in all depths in winter. It's a funny one. I Originally, in winter, I set myself a challenge of catching a top water cod, that, like top water meter. That was my 
thing. So I kind of ignored everything else. Yep. And I wasn't worried if I donated and whatnot. I just, that was my goal and that was what I was sticking to. So I kind of, I wasn't chopping and changing if I wasn't catching fish. I wasn't trying to, I guess I wasn't trying to learn as much. I was just yep. trying to trying to get, tick that one off. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, eventually it did happen. Um, nice. But I, yeah. And so uh, in winter, I will fish probably not as much as last season, but because I was a bit more learning a bit more about swim baits and, and stuff. But generally, I'll fish all day surface in winter. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, and I, I'm not. I and I I'm not worried about that. I'll I'll catch fish throughout the day, top water. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now you got me intrigued. <laughs> um, is this a technique that? is successful or if you wanted to catch a big winter cod you got better chance under the water or did you just do this during the day just to succeed in this challenge of yours um a bit of both so it got results oh definitely yeah yeah i've caught plenty plenty um plenty of big fish during the day yeah um it's not to say those fish wouldn't have um Hit hit some a, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where you, uh, you don't know if it, if that surface presentation is what instigated the bite, or whether it was just that fish was going to eat anything that went past. Mm. So, is it only surfacing like cloudy conditions, or you're getting them in full daylight, <laughs> glassed out winter days? Full daylight, glassed out winter days. Full sun, twelve o'clock on the dot. I got one a metery. Um, no way. Not last year, the year before, yeah. Okay, uh, so what kind of water are you fishing now? So if I'm going to do that, I'm, I'm fishing a bit shallower, sort of fishing that. I like to fish that three to four metre mark. Right, okay, yep. You'll find plenty of... They can come in. Yielding fish can come from anywhere. They really can. They, they. I'm still yet to sort of zero in on a favourite style of bank or anything. Yep. But they really can... and. And obviously, it's it, without going over the bank previously, it's hard to know what's down there anyway. But I, personally, I still I'll go and fish a range of banks, whether it's stuff with heaps of twiggy stuff or heaps of real steep, rocky, timbered stuff, or sort of yeah, shallow mud stuff. Or yeah, I kind of like I said, it's just more to me about covering that ground and, and sort yeah, of right. prospecting in the right depth. Um, so you so with your top water you're sitting parallel again still working that three yeah, four with the yep, top water yep. in the day yeah pretty much yeah and back to your thing about the, the structure you're saying you'll get them on steep banks with timber laying on them you'll get yep. them on those banks with the twiggy stuff like the real real twiggy stuff but you'll get them on the ones with like heaps of standing timber as well that because there's a heap of fallen timber under all that as well exactly um and even what'd you say there even like your muddy shallow points and things like that yeah lots there's lots of muddy shallow banks um as well and and they sit on those yeah obviously they've been there's something there that's holding them whether it's there is some structure down there that you might not see it it's three meters down yeah. Um, so that's why I just like to I just cover ground and just prospect and that's so good. Yeah, it's, it is good. I didn't I didn't fish as much surface last year because I was more trying to learn a bit more about swim baits because I hadn't done a lot of swim bait fishing. So I yep. was um I'd still fish surface and or I'd sort of switch it up during the day, fish surface for an hour, and then I'd fish sort of subsurface for an hour and just to see just in case. Um, yeah. 
there was a lot of people up there last year doing really good on subsurface. So that always puts that in your mind where you go, well, you know, maybe I am missing yeah. out or maybe I am being a bit stubborn and just fishing surface. Um, obviously, Thomas, Tom, Tom Pinter, he, he did really good last year um, yeah. on swim baits and, and JC and that. They did really good on swim baits last year. So And so... Nice question for you mm. when you're when you're fishing say the swim baits or mm. even your top water if you've got like a steeper bank right and you've got no standing trees do you catch just as many fish mid-water sort of winding it through as you would when you're going through all that twiggy standing trees do you prefer fishing in amongst those dense standing timber that's close to a bank or you prefer it like a little bit more open or yeah no nah, I doesn't prefer matter. oh it's got to have some sort of timber. Like I, the really, really bare, rocky stuff, I've never had much luck on. Yep. Um, or if you do, it's generally like first light. I find that the real sort of rocky, steep stuff is um is sort of more those low light yep. conditions. So I don't know whether the, the, yeah I don't know why actually I don't know why that is whether the fish are cruising around a bit more or whatnot. Um, otherwise, I'm sort of looking for more the. Just good solid sized timber is my probably pref- if I'm going to say there's a preferred habitat or bank, it's probably something that's got a bit more mature sized trees on it. Um, even if they're a bit sparse, you know, stand standing and fallen timber. Yeah, yep. And then I'm just this top water stuff has just got me <laughs> amazed in the day. Do you actually see them before they eat it? Um, my first metery off the top, I saw that one. Like no as far way. as I didn't. Like, I didn't see him free swimming. I just flicked in. Around, yeah, yeah. That was around some sort of twiggy stuff. I just flicked in about four metres, uh, maybe about five minutes from the boat. Started walking the paddler, and then I just stopped, paused it, and then I had the right lighting conditions, and I could see, you know, probably two or three metres into the water, and I just see this big green shape just sort of rise up. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. <laughs> it was crazy. Heart, heart in mouth, and, and he came up. She, she put her nose, like, right on it. And then just started to sink back down, and I'm just like panicking. So I just kind of, oh. I just gave it a couple of quick cranks, and she sort of, I saw it intrigued her, so she she came back up quite quick, and yep. I was like, <gasps> and then, yeah, and then she started to sort of just sink away again slowly. So I gave it one more wind, and she just came up, and just exploded on it. That and, is um, awesome. Uh, it was. I, I don't think I'll ever ever top that fishing moment in my life because that was that no. was the challenge I'd set myself and then to see it all happen like three metres from the boat was just yeah, yeah no, that is crazy and it was better. a metre yeah it was a, yeah it was 103 or something so wow and what so it, it was three metres from the boat like it didn't mm. it didn't see the boat no. and it didn't see you moving your rod tip or, or spook yeah, at all no, no I was super lucky like I was it was just fixated on this lure luckily um, wow but ever since then, I, the, all the other ones I haven't seen. The other, they've all just sort of come just quick out of and nowhere. Smashed and, it. Yeah, just absolutely smashed them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the lure choice, daytime, top water, winter. What what lures are you using? Uh, so I'm, I predominantly throw um, thirsty paddlers. Right. So you got big, loud, long lures. Yeah, like the two, 175, 200 mil. Um, Big, big three-piece paddlers, yeah. Um, nice. That's kind of a confidence lure now. Yep. And there's a, plenty of other people that sort of throw them up or feel my mates throw them up there and have had a lot of success. Um, so, 
Definitely yeah. just a confidence thing. It's, and it's not to say the fish won't hit any other sort of surface law. I just think yeah. it's just, that's just, if that's what you throw on and that's what they eat, then that's kind yeah, of exactly. what, what you get confidence in, you know? Yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally understand what you mean. So, so top water. So, in winter, mm-hmm. day, like, I'm crazy. So, winter, top water is a thing in the middle of the day. So, obviously, you can fish full day in Eildon and have great success. Like, do you do nighttime sessions? Because Copeton, and, and I think Blaring is very similar, you rarely see a cod come out of there. Not rarely, they do happen, but rarely do you see those big fish come out in the day. Like, they're all a nighttime fish, yeah. um, especially Blaring. And, and trust me, we've put in the hours in the day, and it's just like a dead dead zone. Like, you will get one here or there, but that first light and last light are, like, critical, which kind of sucks because in winter you're up and you've got, like, this three-hour period in the morning where you got to catch them mm. obviously by the sounds of it Eildon is full on you can fish at daytime glassed out conditions and still catch good fish yeah yeah definitely I was really surprised when you guys sort of when I heard about you guys doing it that way and the amount of like nighttime hours and that you guys have to put in and, and I, I guess I've never thought of even I know there is people that fish Eildon after dark 100% yeah um, and I've done a little bit of nighttime stuff down there but I've never one I haven't had any luck but Two, I probably haven't given it a, a big enough crack, but but you don't need to. <laughs> well, you don't need to, but at the same time, I'm thinking like there's some big fish in here, like you know, meter twenty plus, and that's obviously on your on your bucket list as well. And I think yeah, I'm starting to think that the only way to get some of those real big fish is going to be after dark. Yeah, so that's kind of taking a bit of a different putting a different perspective on things after hearing the way you guys approach your dams yeah. up there um, well see i'd much prefer to fish daylight like i not the nighttime fishing for cod the only reason we do it is because of the size of the fish like it's the it's not an enjoyable style of fishing like you're freezing you can't see anything like you just it's just nothing and you're just casting so it, obviously it's all worth it when one grabs hold because these fish like average size in blaring for us is over a meter like that's <laughs> yeah. average and yeah. then out of those meter fish average is like close to like 120 but they're all nighttime fish yeah so so yeah it's it's, it's hard. It, it, if you if we yeah because i'd much prefer daylight because you can see what you're doing you can you know you put your cast where they need to be get good photos you know so that'd be probably why that you just stick to the daytime stuff but yeah. it's really good for people to know like i myself didn't actually realize that it was a good fishery throughout the day in winter. Yeah, and, and like it is still challenge. It still has its challenges. Like I'll still go up and do a couple of donut trips in a row. Yeah, but, but then you'll go up and you'll catch three fish in a, in a day, sort of thing. So it does have its challenges, and I'm not. I don't want to make it sound super easy to everyone, but um, yeah, if you put in the hard yards, you, you'll get rewards, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and you're not saying there's one exact technique that you use, so. It, what run through them? What are the what are the few techniques? If you're going out or someone mm-hmm. else is going for a, a crack at it, what are like three different techniques with different lures, depths that you that you would confident or well, that's had success for you in the past? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'll normally have you know sort of four or five rods rigged up, but the, the three I mainly use, I'll have one with a surface paddler on it. Yep. I'll have one with a big swim bait on it, whether it's like a big soft plastic like the. Um, they're like a mag, like a big 10-inch mag draft or a, the big yep. big die or live trout. Um, so a big, big trout sort of um, plastic. And then uh, spinnerbait. 
they're, they're sort of my three main twos. I'll have a, on my other rods. I'll have a couple of uh, uh, you know a couple of other swim baits. Um, I don't really run hard bodies. They do work up there, so it's probably something else I could yeah could look at. Um, so yeah, those th- those three things I kind of just flip between them depending on the bank or the structure I see or just my gut feel really. You know, um, yeah. You know, you, then you get all like I said, you get all the other guys. Well, Thomas he fishes swim baits. JC mainly swim baits, so they can be caught in numerous ways. Just kind of whatever you're. Um, whatever you're keen on. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to learn or whatever you're more confident with. Yeah, um, that's the key. I think it's, confidence is a huge thing. Massive. So, all right, I get the top water because it's top water. What's the <laughs> difference between using a, a swim bait and, and a spinner bait? Are you using a swim bait? Yeah, explain what kind of structure, rather than the gut feeling, right? But what yep. kind of bank would you be like, yep, righto, I need to use a swim bait, and what kind of bank are you using your spinner bait on? Yeah, cool. So I kind of get sick of my swim baits um, <laughs> hooking up on, on snags and stuff. So that was I'll, my question too, eh? <laughs> yeah, so the, the banks that are a bit, maybe a bit lighter on the timber, I'll fish uh, swim baits a bit more. Yep. Um, and more that twiggy sort of stuff that you can kind of pull your, your swim bait off mm-hmm. um, and then the, the real gnarly stuff or if I want to fish that bit deeper I'll um, just throw the spinner baits yeah okay, swim, so you... swim baits I'll only fish down to sort of three metres um, maybe four at a touch um, whereas, yeah. whereas obviously the spinner baits I'll fish all the way down to I, I don't fish much more than probably six metres I probably should especially this time of year but in winter, generally, I won't fish much meat, much deeper than than six. I sort of prefer that four to five. Yeah. Meter mark. Yeah, the shallower just. It's not to say that it's better, but there's just something about fishing shallow for those yeah. fish, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously exactly. it works. So that swim bait thing, when you're saying you're only fishing it down to three or four meters, is that yep. when you're on a bank that's got three or four meters of depth, or is that you? only let it sink that far on say a, yeah explain what you mean so do you yeah, fish sorry. them down to the bottom no nah, i don't no nah, no nah. so yeah it's like what you said i'm probably fishing them three meters down on a four meter bank yeah four or five meter bank kind of thing so i'm just trying to run it a meter or two over the top of the potential and you've got to guess hey sorta. oh totally yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah. And then you're trying to keep them up just based on a fact that you just snag all day and you won't catch anything if you let them hit the bottom. Yeah, it just gets frustrating to always trying to unhook them from branches and logs and stuff. So, yeah. Um, so the key for them is to get them through the area, through the timber, like the area where the fish are going to be, but without snagging up. Yeah, exactly. And they're, so they're, they're actually, they're probably better to fish where there's maybe a bit more standing timber as well and not as much laydowns. Yep. There's, there's some good banks like that where you'll find there's a lot of standing timber and not as much stuff underneath them, like some old river flats and stuff. Yeah. Really good swim bait spots. Um, and then your spinner baits, you're, you can just put them wherever you want on the bottom, grind them through the timber. Yep. yep. Pretty much. Yeah, and exactly. do you find, do you get your fish, uh, I don't know, say between both of those lures, obviously on the, on the swim baits, you're getting your fish like mid-water or just in amongst the standing trees just randomly but with your spinnerbaits do you find you get them these big winter cod do you find you get them tight to the timber on the bottom or on the drop or sort of on the way back up to the boat probably a bit of both or a bit of all of the above kind of thing a lot of the time yeah, okay. when you get crunched or when you're like down deep 
you don't like sometimes yeah you'll bump through some timber and then you'll get smacked other times you don't you just get whacked and you don't know whether you were near timber or not um and then i have had a few really good sessions where i literally am just casting them at snags at laydowns and and, mm-hmm. they, and they're getting hit on the drop doesn't happen heaps. So doesn't happen heaps but yeah um i've had a couple of sessions where for some reason i don't know why um they were on snags and they were yeah i don't know whether they were just on you know like normally maybe that fish you'd swim on past and you wouldn't eat it but they were just on you just cast in and just keep um keep a semi-taut line and yeah you just just feel the big tick and that's good eh? yeah oh it's great yeah so so good if they ate like that the whole time <laughs> yeah 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 so if what weather was in in winter do you prefer calm sunny clear days or do you prefer a bit of up and down weather a bit of you know unstable cloud patchy rain what's what's the go-to um yeah well, i've fished in all sorts of conditions up there yeah i thought you might have <laughs> i kind of go when i can go i do prefer if the barrow's up a bit higher um so above like if i can i'll go up there when the barrow's you know above 10 20 if i can Mm-hmm. Um, and usually you've got nice days when it's like that. You do, that's right, yeah. So I find Eildon can be, if it's real windy, it can be a little bit hard to just fish effectively, I find, and, and, that's, yep. and that's when you sort of don't have that. I remember you guys were talking about in one of your podcasts where you're sort of like, you're drifting along a bank and it just doesn't feel right, you're just drifting a bit too fast or you're just having to fight the wind and it just you just don't have your confidence and it doesn't feel right. And it, it can get like that a lot of Eildon when it's windy. Yeah. Um, so I try and stay out of the wind, um, but for weather I'm not I'm not fast. I can't even. I'd have to look back in my diary to see if there's been a certain weather pattern that's been more effective. But but off the yeah, top okay. of my off the top of my head, not really. I'm not fast. I sort of just get up there, and it's nicer if it's not raining in the middle of winter up there. But <laughs> yeah, but you'll catch fish in both. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, you'll catch fish. Yeah, yeah, whenever. Cool. Um, another question for you. Um. Do you prefer fishing uh, like points or outer banks that sort of get more affected by breeze or have sort of like their own current flows under the water? There's a lot more food that moves around. Like, or do you prefer the back of little bays um, that are more secluded? Does that make sense? You kind of got like, when I look at fishing that you've got two, I feel like they're two massively different environments. You've got these outer edges that are like in the main parts and basins of the lake. And then you've got those bits that are tucked up away. Mm. Do you fish one over the other? Do you prefer one over the other? Or do the fish feed different in those spots or they just, you fish them all? I kind of fish them all. It hasn't. I probably haven't given it enough thought, to be honest. Um, when I've been up there, I tend to, I tend to fish because I do like to cover a lot of ground. I will fish. I'll fish a lot of the little bays, and then I'll come out and fish a lot of the banks on the in the main arms, and then I'll because I'll I'll start in one spot, and a lot of the time I'll just fish. Like I'll fish for three hours straight, and in that time I'll cover. Right. Okay. Like, it could be you know a kilometre bank kind of thing and in that time I've, I've i've gone through and fished some little bays i've fished some some points i've fished some what some main rock walls then i've gone into another little bay um yeah if as long as the wind and that's not annoying me too much i'll, I'll just do that because I, there's literally fish everywhere like i i look at my <laughs> sounder now and look at the marks and like the, you, you can catch catch quite anywhere up there like it's yeah, okay. it, it, it's it's great in that respect. Um, obviously, there's a few spots maybe that they might 
congregate a bit more or maybe it's because I've put in a bit more time in those spots or have a bit more confidence. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really seen, like I can't, you know, put my hand on my heart and say, oh, definitely they, they feed harder on you know, on this sort of bank yeah. or in this, yeah. It's, it's something I'm going to maybe pay a lot more attention to this year and the other thing I probably will pay a lot more attention to this year, which I haven't previously, is, is bait. Um, yes it's definitely something that i don't know i probably yeah haven't had enough experience kind of keeping an eye on and trying to maybe use that to my advantage um yeah helps um, with big big fish and i reckon it would happen in Eildon as well is but the, the bait is hard to find um mm. and and especially in a place like Eildon, whereas blaring is totally different there is nothing there is like not a scent of structure anywhere so mm-hmm. like the bait is so easy to find yeah um Whereas it wouldn't be different, but yeah, that's what cod do. They will, they will cruise around and look for bait. So you know, it could it could be a big key to catching those bigger bigger fish in certain areas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's something I'll definitely be paying more attention to next year, and probably picking um, your brain a bit more on on how you guys sort of <laughs> do some of that stuff up north because obviously it's very effective up there. You know, you hear about it all the time at Copeton and. Um, and blaring and so yeah it's good it's more learning i'm, I'm looking forward to it it's uh, yeah exactly it's exciting exactly. you know that's what fishing's all about eh? Oh, totally yeah so okay so it's good to know that you just pick a bank and just work a bank and just keep going and then if you have like a real like sort of dead spot in the bank will you just like kick up the the petrol and move just that 100 meters or you'll just if it's not too bad you'll just keep working it and just basically cover water yeah, if it's not too bad, I'll just work it. Because like I said, with your, you, you don't know what's under the water. Like, you know, yeah. there, could, there could be some really great structure there or whatever. Um, mm. If it's really, really dead or if I've got the same type of bank that looks like it's going to be for the next 400 metres and I'm sort of not feeling it, then yeah, I'll just just, just chuck the, the petrol in and, and, and move up. Um, I probably don't put as much thought into it as I... Should <laughs> at, t- at times, I'm kind of just happy being up there casting lures and cruising around and... And, uh, that's what it's about though and oh, then yeah, and it totally. obviously works yeah 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 it does it just comes together sometimes which is good but the best thing for people to to take away from this which is kind of what i've taken away from this if you to go to eildon that you because you've picked one bank that's covered in snags doesn't mean a bank on the other side is where the fish are and they're not there they're they're everywhere and if yeah. you can find that genuine normal cod features that you find anywhere else you're gonna there's fish there so it's just using those lures casting away to basically you know get the result yeah i think people just have to have a bit of just have confidence in what you're doing as long as your lures getting you know into or close to the structure and you you just cover some ground you will 100 percent come across a cod no doubt in my mind at all that's the go so one other question I want to ask you, is there any key... Eildon is massive. For those of you who haven't visited <laughs> Eildon, it is massive. Yeah. Um, it, it covers a lot of surface area uh, and there's a lot of variation uh, in the lake. So from right up the top where you've got Bonnie Dune sort of area, Delatide area, is very different landscape to down the bottom end. Are there any key sort of main areas that you would concentrate on for cod if someone's visiting Eildon for the first time to chase cod are there any spots where they should be putting the boats in or different areas where they should be focusing on yeah so I'd probably say if you just go on to chase cod I would say probably stick south of the main wall even south of Fraser's which is you know a little bit north of the, the main wall that's 
all timbered country, like all the banks, all, it's all, you know, state forest, national park. So all the banks are, um, are covered in timber, obviously, and up nor- up the northern end, like you said, around Bonnie Doon, in some of the deltite, it's a lot more um, agricultural, cleared land, where you get a lot more bearer, um, clay sort of banks where uh, where we sort of get more of the, the, the golden perch. Um, so if, if someone was really keen on cod, look, look, they get plenty of cod up the north end, all through Fraser's, up down the Dalatide Arm, um, yep. e- even up around Bonnie Doon. Like there's, there's still a lot of structure up yeah. there and a lot of fish. Um, yep. But I think the numbers are probably greater um, in the south end and even the wall, the wall has a lot of fish. Um, I think like fisheries release a lot of their fish at the ramp at the wall. Yeah, they do. So yeah. I think um, you'll get a bigger congregation of fish in that area. Um, which but a lot of them are small. A totally, lot of them on that wall yeah. are quite small fish, yes. but they're there. Yep. So if, yeah. but if it's just someone that wants to go and catch their first cod, or, um, then that's a good place to start. But, but yeah, I'd say stick south of the down wall, so that still gives you... Heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of uh, <laughs> heaps of, of heaps area. Of yeah, yeah. Like, yep. you'll find a lot of people will fish the main feeder arms. Um, so like Jews Creek, Big River Arm, Goulburn River Arm, and Hauqua. So, um, but there's I've caught plenty of fish um, in the main in the main arms as well. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's good to know. So there's no. Yeah, so when you're out there fishing, if you're not having any luck in one particular spot, it doesn't mean that the fish are going to be biting at you know a whole. They could be, but chances are just fish hard and save you time and spend that time casting. Yeah, where you are. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'd, I'd just be saying more more lure time in the water, less you know driving around, and um, that that'll help your chances a lot. Yeah. For sure. For now, sure. I've got a question for you. With with the, the springtime fishing up there, mm. I know a lot of people find it tough because you've got that transition sort of from winter through. Like, I know the golden perch can be hard to get onto unless that water finally gets that right temperature. Mm. Have you have you chased cod much through that spring like time when it's warming up and do you still catch plenty of good fish? And are you using your winter technique or you're kind of, you know, you're fishing a little bit deeper is there any, yeah, I'm just trying to, for people who are going in spring, do you have any tips? Um, this year's spring was a lot later than previous years. Um, I was up there doing some filming and that um, with Rob Paxavanos and this spring. We did a bit of filming and fishing and that. Um, yep. And we had some pretty good pretty good fishing, you know, we caught, we, we caught a few and that was just using those same techniques. Um, I got a couple of top water and a couple on spinnerbaits, but... Later on in spring, when I well, previously in spring, I've, I've sort of struggled. Um, like when proper spring comes, and I yeah. think it, I think it's just because I haven't adapted to that that change that the fish must sort of make. Yeah, um, I'm sort of sticking with those winter techniques and haven't sort Eagle of lures. yeah, yep, yep, haven't sort of adapted or tried anything different. And and um, I won't lie, by that time I was kind of like, all right, spring. I'm going to go start chasing <laughs> some, yeah. other, some other species, whether it be yellow belly or, or bass or perch or, or exactly. broom or whatever. So I haven't done a lot up there compared to winter in spring yep. and summer. Like winter's been my sort of my prime time where I really, really fish hard up there. So yep. I've sort of got the most experience in winter. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. 
it's fair enough. There's plenty yeah. of other fish out there to catch, obviously. <laughs> it's, so, it's so hard. So hard. Well, it's the same here. Now the cod season's open in Blair and you kind of want to do it, but then you kind of do leave them alone a little bit because you want to chase yellows because there's this premium bite window for yellows yeah, and then you just yeah. chase cod when you get back around the next winter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not much um, else to chase over winter, really. Like, no. Not, not as much, so... No, exactly. And there's something about these big cod in winter, eh? Like, yeah. it is hard. It, it is can be, like, pretty cold, but there's something about those big fish. And, and it works. Like, winter for big cod works. Totally. Yeah, no, it does. And it's such a good challenge. Like, it's, um, yeah, very rewarding. Righto, mate. Uh, that's some really good tips on eel and cod. Um, just a few more questions I've got for you before we finish up. Yep. Um, do you have a best catch to date? Now, I feel like you might have already told us. Um, with your top water visual cod, is yeah. is that your best catch? To do you have one fish? And it can be salt or fresh. Do you have one fish that sticks in your memory as your best catch today? Yeah, it has to be that fish. Yeah, yeah. Just because it was my first metery, it was my first. Oh, it was. Yeah, right, my first okay. metery in general, and then it was. Yeah, it was top water, and it was that challenge I'd set myself, and the visual side of it, like I. That, that was <laughs> that was it. Mate. I'm not going to be able to top that for That's a long, crazy. long time. <laughs> I wonder if I've seen that. Did Did you post the photo of that fish? Uh, I would have. Yeah, I would have. That was that was two years ago. And yeah, I, I reckon sort of, I saw it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty epic. So nice fish. <laughs> if it's the one I'm thinking of, it was a really nice fish. Yeah, we on your own. You're on your own. Yeah, you? most of the time I'm on my own because no one's crazy enough to come up. But like five in the morning when the deck's frozen and like i haven't got <laughs> i haven't got any yeah any keen enough mates <laughs> yeah no, it's how it goes sometimes you yeah. gotta put in the hard yards but it's still good just to be out there you know soaking up the environment just having a bit of a think and you know yeah. catching fish as it goes too yeah, absolutely yeah um mate do you have for people listening um who who are you know, just starting out in fishing or even developing their skills and, and doing more of this, do you have one tip and one thing that you live by in regards to fishing that you think helps? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be just big eel and cod, anything. Is there yeah. is there one thing that you do that helps lead to your success that, that you think? Is there anything you can think of? Um, I reckon one thing which I do fairly well and I think is really important is just just use your ears and just listen and and just take in just take in what everyone like everyone's advice and just take in everyone's knowledge. I think knowledge is a huge thing, and I think yeah, I think just listening and you because every time I fish with someone new, I'll always learn something new, hundred percent, like no doubt yep. in my mind. So I think just that listening and learning off as many people as you can. I think that's that's a definite way to improve and um yeah improve a lot faster in your fishing as well yeah i just think it's that a lot of people just like to i guess um maybe not listen and think they sort of know may potentially know better or you know like they just yep (laughs) yeah um so i yeah i just think listening and just trying to learn as much be a bit of a sponge you know like learn as much as you can from everyone and it's um it's only going to benefit you yeah, exactly. It's kind of a, and, and that's a that's a life lesson as well because it, with anything that you do, but there is a little bit of that in the fishing industry, which it kind of it, it's it's sad, mm. but yeah, there are people 
but then again, that's that's who they are. You leave them be. You that's know, right. and if you do what you want to, you need to do. And and I believe exactly what you said too. Like you just don't don't go into any room thinking you're the smartest person. Think nah, you know everyone it. else here has something to offer, especially when it comes to fishing. Like we've all got crazy different experiences, and you know someone. You like you know way more about Eildon than I know about Eildon, and there's someone else over here who knows a whole heap more about you know a different technique. Here. It's just yeah, 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 totally. You've, you've nailed it, mate. You've absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Um. And and my next question was going to be, what's one thing you live by in life? And I feel like that's going to be the same answer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm a pretty quiet person in general, so I'm um I'm always I'm generally more ears than mouth. So I um I just yeah I just think that's really important, just that listening aspect of everything, and um just hearing what people have got to say and, and learning and yeah it's <laughs> kind of my mantra I guess yeah it's good that's yeah. a good way to live it's a good way to live <laughs> yeah good stuff mate thanks heaps for sitting down and talking to me yeah, I, like as always I learned so much um, and the one thing I really took away from that was the top water daylight cod I feel like you could have figured <laughs> that I like like it's just great to hear different techniques and how everyone fishes so thanks heaps for sitting down and talking to me taking time out of your night um really appreciate it no no worries mate much appreciated thanks for having me on it's um it's been great and hopefully i've been able to provide a little bit of uh insights into eildon and um always happy to help anyone out if they have any more questions they can always just um just shoot me a message or whatever and i'm yeah that's what i was going to say how can people find you so you've got in-depth angler you're on instagram and facebook yeah yeah, instagram and facebook um website's got a, a contact page and um or even youtube just just whatever you'll you'll, you'll find us on there in-depth angler and yeah hit us up and we'll like i said i'm happy to help with, with anything anything we do whether it's photography based or whether it's any of the species we chase um yeah, yeah, yeah feel good free stuff, to, mate. Yeah. Good stuff. That's awesome. So hit up Darren and Josh on In Depth Angler. Yep. Um, like you said, you got YouTube, you got the website as well. So go read some of the content. One of the things I loved was that stuff you did. I think it was from one of the lure shows um, when you were there doing reviews on all the new lures. Yeah, that was good gear. fun. That after, yeah. yeah, that was great. It was great fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after that's right. Yeah, yeah, so that was one thing that you did. So like, like because if you if you're keen to, to see more, that was probably the best channel of content coming out of after actually because there was yeah. a few channels coming out. So uh, like, I loved just following that because you you were putting up content there. Yeah, so cool. if any if you guys want to see any cool content, go check out In Depth Angler. Have a chat with Darren Dosh- Josh. Mate, thanks heaps for your time. Um, no worries, mate. I'm keen for winter- this winter. I'm actually keen to maybe come down and have a fish at Eildon with you. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, come on down. It'll be um, it'll be good. And likewise, I'll have to come up and have a crack at Copeton or um, Blair or something this year. Yeah, something, for sure. Something different. Mm. Yeah, you got to mix it up and hit the road. That's another thing also, everyone. Just get out <laughs> there and travel. Go visit yeah. places you've never visited before. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thanks heaps cool. for that, Darren, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. And there you have it, guys. What a great episode sitting down and talking to such a knowledgeable angler. Darren loves his fishing. You can just hear the passion and how much he does enjoy it, whether it is salt or fresh. And obviously, in this episode, we talked about Lake Hilton Cod and those big trophy fish, which he has an addiction for. Like many of us, as, as he said, 
they're a great fish to target and they just test our skills and our abilities and there's just something special about them. Now, what I loved about Darren is his humbleness, how humble he is and how much he loves learning from other people. He, he comes across as someone who just loves his fishing and doesn't think he knows better than everyone else, which is so good to be. He's extremely humble and he's always trying to learn and that's what makes him a great angler. He doesn't think he's the best angler in the world and he learns lots from everyone else and by having that mindset about learning from others and not thinking that you know it all, you become a better angler and Darren is incredible. He knows how to catch fish, especially in Lake Eildon. He really knows his stuff and it's because not only he spends time on the water, but he learns from others. So that's just something, probably the one key thing I'd like you to take away from the podcast that's not fishing related as much in terms of techniques and tips and how to catch fish. It's more about your your personality and and basically your mannerisms and what you do in your life. And that, that, that key thing is to not think you know everything. Whether that's fishing or something else, Always absorb and learn as much as you can from people. It'll make you a better angler in regards to fishing and it'll also make you a better person. Once again, guys, thank you for tuning in to another one of our great episodes of the Social Fishing Podcast. I want to thank every single one of you, every single one for downloading and listening to the episodes and I really hope you're enjoying them. We're getting some great messages from you guys on Instagram, Facebook and through our email just some of you guys going, hey, I love the podcast and that's it. That is awesome. I love getting those messages and I really do appreciate every single one that comes through. So, if you're one of the people who have sent us a message, left a review on Apple Podcasts, thank you very much. You know who you are and I appreciate you going to that effort to let us know that we are doing a good job and that you're enjoying the content that we create. If you have any ideas for future episodes, send them through. If you have ideas for people you'd like us to interview, send them through. Uh, And if you have any questions, send them through. We love answering your questions and making more content, helping you guys get out there and catch more fish. We've got heaps more great episodes coming up in the future, so make sure you tune in over the next few weeks for more fishing content. We're going to keep creating. Thank you very much for tuning in to The Social Fishing Podcast.